There is a vast multiverse of possibilities, an infinity of worlds within an endless ocean of aether. Few know that there is anything beyond the confines of their limited world. Even fewer have ever traversed beyond the walls of everything they have ever known. To those that have made the perilous journey, they have found each new plane to be another revelation of the beauty of a boundless multiverse. Planeswalkers are those rare few among legends. They are able to travel unassisted between the multiverse. One in a million is born with the spark to become a planeswalker. A bare few ever realize their potential, putting them in an elite and powerful group of friends and enemies. The potential of a planeswalker is infinite freedom and infinite possibility. Hi, I'm Will. I'm the show's producer, and I play Llewellyn Coyden, the half-dryad swashbuckler. Hello, I'm Kimbra, and I play Nymphia of the Vervain, the elvish druid. Hey there, I'm Katie, and I'm playing Cecilia Crane, the human sorcerer. Hi, I'm Keon. I'll be playing Irshaya Jalan, the Aetherborn Warlock. Hi, I'm Dan. I'll be playing the Dungeon Master. Welcome to the Plane Shift Podcast, a live play D&D campaign where we play as four Planeswalkers, newly awakened and taking our first tentative steps into the varied facets of the multiverse. What will we find in these new worlds? Hope? Despair? Reward or loss? Doubtless all of that and more. Join us as we find out. In a deep red, followed by this almost violent green, sprouts a vine extending upward, and then another, and then another. A large bud turning into a flower that then blossoms to show what almost look like teeth from a Venus flytrap. Mark lives! My child! <laughs> Oh my god, no! Uh, so, so Nymphia's had enough time to make it to the door. Where is everybody else at this point? Uh, I, I was close enough to cast can Mage I, Hands. Can I have already shut the door? Uh, you can try, but Nemox's gonna keep it open like this. Just let her get through. She She's not an idiot like the others. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's, like, really close then. Yeah, she, she's, she's, she's about, like, five Yeah, literally, as soon as he tipped that over the edge, I just started Okay, the minute that she's through the door, <laughs> I'm gonna try to shut it. Okay. So, who's close to a giant plant hydra? But how far away is everyone? Uh, and like I said, was close enough to catch Mage Hand, and oh, Rashaya was standing right the f*** <laughs> next to it. You <laughs> had time. Literally right there. You had time after, uh, after casting and failing to catch what you actually wanted to from Mage Hand to, to get away, so I'd is say- Is this, like, our full move- enough time to, to go our full movement? I'd or? say about two full movements at this point. All right. I'm figuring Lulun probably would have grabbed Irshaya, <laughs> so he probably wouldn't have moved his full movement if he had to move to grab him and then, like, drag him away. <laughs> I don't know. He dug his own grave here. I think you should have banned him. Irshaya, are you, are you kind of... Res- <laughs> are you kind of resisting, like, leaving, or uh, are you basically... T- were you just picked up and carried out? Because you're obscenely light, aren't you? I am. I'm extremely light. So basically, you're basically dragging like a, a kid dragging him. a kite behind him. <laughs> <laughs> I like the balloon analogy right, more. So I'm probably like 50 feet away. There are massive, thriving heads popping up out of this volcano. I'm going to need you really quickly to both roll initiative. Uh, 
15. The initiative is dex, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. another 20. What you gonna do? So, uh, Yoshia is just gonna pass his turn. Alright. Uh, the one's gonna keep friggin' running. <laughs> Alright. He's not fighting this thing. That Why? sounds like a very wise decision. <laughs> and you can kind of see, like, you're, you're getting close enough that Nemok originally was going to close the door. This is a Nemok problem. This is a very much Nemok problem. This is a problem Nemok doesn't want to deal with. That's the kind of problem it is. So, uh, you're just booking it. I assume taking the dash action, too. Yep. All right. So you are, you're about ten feet from the door at this point. Not enough that really you can get through. But at this point, Phytohydra is really starting to emerge. And you can see what looked like roots at one point is now a tangled ball uh, that's almost like well, like a large hoof, like legs to transport it as it seems to be rising up out of the magma. It's calling in a bellowing voice that you can hear, Mark is free again! <laughs> and it cries in another word, Water! I'm assuming the one by now dragged Urshaya through the door. Oh yes, <laughs> and the door is being slammed shut. This locks, right? Potentially. The door doesn't exist on the other side while it's closed here. So, or, or, here's here's a quick thought. While, while all this disaster is happening, you can rework this place to your will, right? Can you reset that room? Uh, unfortunately, no, it's a demiplane. It, Balls. They were kind of here with the building, I'm going to be entirely honest. Well, now, now you're missing one. Yes. Just as I was about to finish up a sixth, but that's a different problem. Nabil looks at her shy and goes, why? Little one smacks him upside down. <laughs> are, you, are you using the pot that you have? Because I assume you mage hand that pot back to yeah. you. Yeah. No, Lula still has the pot. He's going to smack him upside the head and <laughs> stick the pot on top of Urshaya's head. Congratulations, Urshaya. You're warded all the shit. <laughs> I, sh- I-, I still don't understand what would compel you to drop it into a giant volcano, especially something like that. What What caused you to do this? It was cute. It said, I am Groot. It talked to you, and you decided that the best course of action, after having a conversation with a plant, was to throw it into fire. Well, I mean, my first idea was just to throw it into a fire to kill it. But then it asked you to... Okay, hold on. No. It said it wanted to spread its roots. I thought that meant I had to plant it, so I thought that I should just destroy it instead. I'm sorry, I didn't know it could grow from lava. It could grow from any source of mana. It should have been kept away from everything, locked deep. How am I supposed to know that lava equals mana? You you know what red mana is. That plane was almost entirely. Sorry, that demi plane was almost entirely made up of red mana. It it was red mana incarnate, and you threw something into it. That grows off of gorging on mana. Congratulations, Ishaya. <laughs> I get to award you with the very first You F***ed Up award. Yay! Sweet. The fan makes a mental note that Orshaya cannot be trusted with anything. <laughs> that sounds like a wise decision. <laughs> so, now that Nemok is pacing in front of a door, muttering to himself, uh, let's say it was in a language almost unfamiliar to you until you realize that it's just a bunch of curse words and you've never heard them used before. Before pausing, you're like, well, that's a room that I can't use ever again. But now you have an interesting specimen to examine. I can't Mark even examine Zuckerberg. it. <laughs> is, is it possible to trap him in one of your spheres? 
I wouldn't have time to. By the time I was able to make a sphere that big, it probably would have tried to bite me or eat me at that point. And you don't understand how rapid these things grow. There's a reason that they were called the hate scene, and there's a reason they're banned on Ravnica for good reason. Look, I, I don't always agree with everything that the Azorius say, but when the Azorius said, hey, let's not keep phytohydrates in, plant, in you know, house plants, that was a wise decision by them. This, however, is a different problem. I'm effectively cut off from my main source of red mana, which means that anything I utilize to create or use red mana uh, will be greatly diminished. We yep. may have to figure out a way to deal with this. Was the pot's binding powers broken when it came out, or do we now have a binding pot? You do have a binding pot, but there's no way it's fitting back in that pot. <laughs> well, no, I just mean for future use. <laughs> Indeed. You currently have a pot with ridiculous binding powers for any plant that you put in it. Cool. Have fun finding a plant to stick in it. <laughs> Look, for the moment, no one is allowed into this room. I gestures to the door. Ishaya especially. You mean this door? And he opens it. As you almost open it, a large vine rips through the door, trying to get a foothold in there before, in a sheer panic, and Emok basically braces himself and tries to yank the door closed, trying and almost failing, but eventually succeeding after squishing several vines to close the door. Not that door. I what remove... is your problem? Okay. <laughs> I was just making sure. As as the vines from this have kind of fallen to the ground, they start to almost instantaneously wither and break away before... Uh... That's promising. <laughs> yes. A good thing about a phytohydra, anything that you cut off from it dies basically instantaneously. Bad thing about a phytohydra, everything you cut off gets replaced with two of it. Hydra? Yeah, see? Yeah, see? It's right there. Ishaya, I've got something special to show you. It's called my comfort room. And you're not allowed to leave for the rest of your life. <laughs> it is incredibly comfortable, Ishaya. I think that no matter what you do, you can't break anything in it. I'm willing to we'll bet see. you. I'm willing to bet you I five silver. Just for you. <laughs> five <laughs> silver. You can't break anything in there. Sound good? Only five silver? <laughs> You know Five how much gold. we just stole? We have inflated the shit out of your currency. <laughs> Five gold. Five platinum. I took... Fine. Five platinum. But I bet you can't break anything in there. Let's go to... Uh, don't worry. Just go down there and tell the mirror to take you to it. I'm sure that they'll lead you there right away. Uh, don't worry about the lack of handles. Alright. I ask them... Or Yershai asks the mirror to take him to the comfort room. Uh, of course, as you go down at the lower level, uh, one of the mirror that's wandering the hallway carrying a couple of pillows. Uh, here's your request. Nods in almost in respect to you and leads you this way in a, a motion. It's taking these wider steps than usual, though. As you approach uh, what Nibok refers to as the comfort room, uh, the door is open and it looks actually like a rather nice furnished room. It's got a little patio that leads out to what looks like a small illusionary placard that you can change uh, between different settings night, day, different planes uh, apparently as it's labeled in some of them uh, a rather well furnished couch, one of the silver trays uh, that Nemok uh, had upstairs and there's a, a small couple of mirrors sitting in a corner uh, they patiently look up from chairs uh, almost as if they can do anything you'd ask them to. Uh, as you step in though, the door behind you closes and you are no longer able to tell where the door that was in there 
is now. Mm-hmm. So, I'm guessing the challenge starts now. <laughs> if you really wanted to, I ask the mirror to get me out of here. Uh, all three of the mirror almost stare confused for a moment as if going, I don't know how to leave. Oh no! I guess I'll make a perception check just to see if there's any sort of scene that I can find. Should she just put Ashai in timeout? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Namok quite literally put Ashai in a very, very nice timeout room. Two. You find jack all shit relating to doors, but boy oh boy, are there some fabulous curtains. <laughs> these are some these are some quality curtains here. And the best part is no matter how much you've tried to burn them, they just won't. It's crazy. Um, are there any vents? There, there don't appear to be any vents in general. Hmm. Nor are there lights for some reason, but it's still pretty bright. There are lights. Like light fixtures or just light. There's so there's ambient light, but there are a couple of lamps, uh, some look like they're oil burning. Other ones uh, appear to be magically powered. But... Would you like some time to figure out how you're going to try and break things in here while yes. we go back to everybody else? Just light it on fire. You've got well, the I mean... scorching gauntlet. <laughs> Meanwhile, back with everyone else. So. <sighs> Are we just going to blow past what happened in there? <laughs> no. You, you shut off a room. Your rooms are goddamn huge and he just shot it the f*** off. <laughs> I, I will be looking for a solution, but for the moment, I think it's wise for everyone to not go in there. No, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I was totally planning to vacation in there. <laughs> and it's quite a lovely spot if you Yes! <laughs> I understood your sarcasm, I tried to apply I'm not sure you did. <laughs> Fine. We can't be clear. Fine, whatever. Just no one's gonna go in there. In fact, I'm going to remove the handles and lock it. Good idea. I, I, actually, I'm going to have to first make a lock for it. I never intended for this to have to happen. Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right. Uh, good news, everyone. Uh, some of the other things I've made the identifications. Uh, the what did you call it? Hanky of holding. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, not actually a handkerchief. Doesn't actually hold anything. It is. I'm not sure what to call it. It doesn't really have a name. But when you spread it out and throw it over yourself, uh, you, instead of becoming a blanket, end up inside of some sort of small mansion. It seems spells that do this before, but it appears to be a portable one at that. Uh, the door, however, is replaced by the blanket itself. Slight of hand check. Go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is a... 21. Okay. Uh, so, Lulan just snatches it out of his hand like while he's talking like explaining all the features and suddenly it's not in his hand anymore <laughs> no nope. all right so let's yeah because you beat that because he kind of <laughs> he's too distracted anyway so what are you doing with this side note if keeping you keeping it i've stored it fair and square you said we could keep pretty much anything other than the marari that we took from there that is a valid that was part of our bargain that. speaking of uh let me take a look at that gold and uh, as soon as Nemok like holds up the ball that all the gold's in, I'm gonna roll another sleight of hand check. <laughs> okay, go right ahead. Um, seven, eighteen. You go to grab this this ball of gold, and 
As you do, your hand passes completely through it and through a portion of Nemok's arm before you realize that there is now an illusion standing where Nemok was. The illusion kind of smiles and goes, yes, I, I figured that might happen. Uh, <laughs> we're going to split the gold if that's quite all right with you. You'll well, still get a share. I wasn't saying we're, we weren't going to, but keeping it in an enchanted mansion that can move around wherever we, wherever we happen to travel would probably be a lot safer to keep it than just in this one central location. You know, Make it a little more accessible, too. All right, valid point. Uh, so long as you allow everyone equal access to the mansion. I mean, I, I'm going to count it out. I'm keeping my portion in there, but we're going to count it out. Very well. Catch. And from behind you, uh, this lobbed, small, almost bubble flies at you. This is gonna uh, be next 20 total for a sli- another sleight of hand check. You catch it. <laughs> you catch it very successfully. Just, just like an easily lobbed baseball. Mm-hmm. From behind him, though. Oh, yes! So Lulin's standing facing the other way, and he just holds his hand up and catches it behind him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you know, I, I'm actually impressed. Either way, uh, from the looks of it, uh, it does have uh, servants. They appear to take the form of whoever asked them, or whoever they're addressing, and they seem to do just about anything you ask them to. I don't think they can do any harm to anything, though, as they just disappear when you ask them to do something that involves violence. So, uh, no raising an army. And anything that I tried to take out of there just seems to disappear. So, you know. Well, unfortunately, not the stuff you already put in. Of course, no. All right. Uh, things from the outside world uh, you can remove from there, but things that existed in there that you didn't uh, don't seem to be removable. And if I'm remembering correctly, just turning it upside down will dump everything you put inside of it. Did Nemok test? All right. So, all right. So just turning it upside down dumps everything out that I put in. Uh, is that like doping everything out of the foyer, or is it, if I put it away, it stays in until I remove it? Uh, it stay in until you remove it. Uh, however, if you'd like to expel people that are standing at the entrance, you can, and he kind of makes a motion to, to shake it. Sort of flick it, yeah. Yeah. Mm. That should generally expel uh, all house guests. All right. Which I tested with a couple of mirrors. It's actually quite funny. Uh, so, Lulin is going to hold the ball. Mm-hmm. Flick it open and um, walk into his mansion. <sighs> yep, yep. I predicted something like this might happen. Yeah. So as you walk into there, uh, for some reason, the, the binding spell that was originally holding all of his gold has undone itself, and you are caught in a large flood. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm picturing like after a few seconds he pushes the, the thing back over there's this pile of platinum yes spew, spewing out and he's like <laughs> like flapping his clothes and going coins fall out of it. all right that's worth learning <laughs> talk about a windfall <laughs> so just like debating smacks <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, windfall. <laughs> so he's going to. The first thing he's going to do now is um, pick up the platinum. What is pressed on the coin? There are a variety of different. Uh, so it's not because that's that's one thing I was kind of concerned about that they would all have a single Orzov marking, which would mark anyone who tries to use it as having stole from the Orzov. There are there are a couple of there are a couple of them that seem to do have uh, Orzov markings, but remarkably, a lot of them seem to have uh, just such a variety of different markings on them that it's it's hard to find a couple that are really similar. Uh, okay. Some uh, some of them look like you know 
They may have come from the same country, but different rulers. Uh, some of them almost seem to have just strange, stranger and stranger markings. Some of them even seem to have goblins and uh, what looks like a, a very prominent orc uh, wearing what appears to be a uh, well, a crown on one. Yeah. So, uh, roll inside really quick, just right. to see if you can kind of piece this together. Fourteen. You kind of realize, hey, wait a minute. These are all from different planes, from the looks of it. Or at least a lot of them seem to be from different places. Not, They're not all from Raptica. Say, Nemok. Yes? How much um, interplanar business does Ravnica get? Ah, uh, there's not a particularly large amount. It's not like we can ferry things over on ships. Uh, I wish we could, but... There are a good number of planeswalkers who go there for various reasons. As you can see, it's plentiful and places to, uh, to, to hide. There's quite a nice amount of apartment room, and, and it's easy to make allies with someone who shares colors. He probably wouldn't be able to recognize that they're all from different planes immediately, because there's no reference points for him other than those symbols he saw on Ravnica and what he knows from home. But he would be able to pick up, like, well... Because all, a lot of these seem to have dramatically different art styles. Yes, uh, from the looks of it, some of these, uh, they're not all Ravdekin. Oh, oh, He holds my. up like a bunch of different coins, like some of them are circular, some of them are squared, some of them are like pentagonal. And... Uh, one of them in particular that you hold up, it's, it's more of a cylinder uh, with uh, writing on the side. Uh, uh, Cecilia, mm-hmm. uh, you, you notice some that are very clearly have a picture of Edgar Markov on them. <laughs> are you gonna relay this, or...? What, the one of those from Innistrad? Well, a couple of them seem to be from Innistrad. I like to think that it's so obviously from Innistrad that I'm just like, <laughs> and I just like cross my arms in front of it, and it's like, I look just like the pictures. <laughs> 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 like, I'm wearing the same exact outfit, like, hmm, don't do this. Um, no. I'll point it out. I'll, I'll, I'll say that I recognize uh, who that is in the picture. You're, you're right. It looks like it's from Innistrad. Uh, this one clearly looks like it's from Theros. Uh, this one... Is, I think this one might actually be from... Ha! Huh. Yeah, it's Dominaria. Alright. Uh, I don't see any from Mirrodin. If there were, I'd probably take them, but... You know, <laughs> never know. Lola the, the looks at Cecilia and he's just like waving his hand in the blab motion. I know that again. I'm just like, oh. yeah. Would you, would you stop doing that? I, I understand stop, that. Stop doing what? He just holds his hand up in front of his other yeah, hand. Just, like, no, okay. I'm, I'm not doing You can't see him. <laughs> Nemok gives us defeated sigh before going. All right. <laughs> Look, I. Do you want to fight? I have no idea what half these places are that you're mentioning. And. I feel it may be time to go on a slight tour, but uh, for now, I feel. Are there should... any mirror nearby? There are. There are a lot of mirror, all of which are coming and starting to pick up individual L- coins. Lulan points at one mirror. Count this. <laughs> the mirror. This is your job. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other mirror kind of stand around and look at the mirror that was asked this, and the mirror kind of looks back at you, and then back at the other mirror, and then back at you. You can get help, but. You're in charge. Or I'm trusting you with this. <laughs> the mirror almost pauses for a moment before seeming to, to 
stand a little bit higher, uh, almost as if it's trying to rise up above some of the other mirror and, and look a little bit more intimidating. And, and it starts pointing around and designating things to other mirror. Mimok kind of remembers, wait, what did you just... Oh, no, no, but that's f***ing adorable. <laughs> yes, but that, that I haven't ever seen that before. But, but it... Told him he was in charge. Get the other mirror to have... You told the mirror that was... Wait, wait, wait. But you, you put a mirror in charge of other mirror? Oh, I put a mirror in charge of the job and said, you get this done. Interesting. That normally doesn't happen. Plenty Nemo, of time. What in the past 12 hours <laughs> <laughs> has been normal? Okay, you know, yeah. valid, valid point, valid point. I, I will accept this. Uh, I think it's all time that someone, that we get some rest. I don't know the planner schedules for everyone, but at this point you're probably all very tired. And it's been busy. It has, it has. Uh, I'll, I'll set everything towards night, so lower light levels and such. You can go to bed, relax. Uh, Shia, if you'd like, there's... Uh... Is, if Shia's still in timeout, are you? Yeah, I'm still in timeout. <laughs> How are you conveying this? <laughs> I, I just realized that, yeah, he's still in time. My mistake. Uh, are the, are the mirror, like, walkie-talkies that you can, like, talk to oh, one that'd be so and it, like, commutes to... That would be adorable. Drink. I feel like that you need to have, like, one specific mirror that's a, that's a calm mirror. <laughs> there may be one in there. I, yeah, no, no. He's, he's directing his focus to one particular mirror. This mirror seems to almost be a little bit bronze-colored and has kind of mesh-covering a uh, portion of its head. Uh, there's a similar-looking mirror in Ishaya's room. Uh, Ishaya, I know you don't sleep, but uh, if, if you'd like, you know, let me know. There should be books or other things to entertain you. Get me out of here. I'm done. <laughs> Have you broken anything yet? Maybe. Like, he just tears up his own clothes. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. You know, I'll figure that out. But for the moment, I think it would be best if we all got some sleep. Uh, the mirror should have this sorted out and kind of looks towards where the handkerchief is. Uh, right. Um, how much of that spilled into there? And are you okay with mirror entering and leaving? Um, he's he's gonna like he's gonna hang it up like a tapestry. All right, you kind of hang it up like a tapestry. It expands about ten feet by ten feet. That seems to be the most it will go, but it, it's it's pretty big, uh, solid, almost chainmail looking material. Alright, well, uh, meet tomorrow for breakfast. i have a mirror, wake everyone up. That sounds good. Alright. Alright. Uh, good night to everyone. And he doesn't acknowledge Ashaya. He doesn't seem to acknowledge Ashaya at all at this point. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, it's Will here, your host and all-around human person. <laughs> Sorry, that was stupid. Hey everyone, it's Will, your host. I want to, again, start by thanking everyone who has stuck with us thus far. It's been ten episodes of twists and turns and bottle episodes. Every single one of them has been a learning experience for me, as I try to get better production. I think my work has improved a lot, but I know I still have a long way to go. This episode, episode 10, also marks the end of something. Plane Shift is going to, from this point on, be shifting to a bi-weekly release schedule. I need more time in my production schedule. As it is, I am always down to the wire on my releases. This change also gives me time to develop some other productions I'm planning to work on, because I apparently don't have enough work already. 
which we will have some announcements for when they're ready to pop off. There will be a slight hiatus on Plane Shift's release schedule as we write and record a large previously on Plane Shift bonus episode to release before episode 11. And we also want to finish production on Yershaya's Planeswalker profile episode. You shouldn't notice too much of a difference though. I'm planning to release Yershaya's episode this coming Friday and to have the previously on episode be the beginning of our bi-weekly release schedule. I also plan to make some changes in future episodes. I'd like to give recommendations for other podcasts we're listening to and other media we're consuming. Um, I want to read off some of the iTunes reviews we've been getting uh, to let the fans know how much we appreciate hearing from them uh, and to read off any emails or Q&As we might be getting. Again, it's, it's always great to hear from you. And I also want to shift the episode opening with the music of Penguin Cafe's excellent Perpetual Mobile as the music goes to have it play the previously on episode clips. Hopefully that works out. Finally, I can't thank anyone enough who has taken the time to recommend our podcast to others, either by telling their friends or by leaving us a rate and review on iTunes or some similar podcasting service. The more people that know about our podcast, it's just the better we feel in our stressed out podcasting hearts. We like what we're making here, and we hope you like it too. Again, thank you so much for staying with us through all of this. You can't imagine how much it means. Also, in the second half of the episode, we get into talking a little bit about Lulin's home plane. There aren't really any spoilers, and we tried to make sure the discussion we had was comprehensible to those who weren't initiated. Lulin is from my homebrew campaign setting. Um, this was my creation, uh, To Toot My Own Horn, my first big homebrew source book, so... Toot toot. I wanted Lulin to be from a homebrew world because I didn't want... Because I wanted a very visible representation that if you were to do a Planeswalker campaign like ours, you shouldn't feel restricted just to the worlds detailed in Magic the Gathering. They are rich worlds with an abundance of lore, but there is a massive multiverse out there. But that does mean that some people might be confused by some of the discussions we have about Llewellyn's home plane, or they might simply be curious. Uh, if either apply to you, you can find a link to the settings sourcebook on our current website, planeshiftpodcast.podbean.com. Finally, if you're interested in playing a Planeswalker campaign like this one, you can find a link to that sourcebook also at our website, which is once again, planeshiftpodcast.podbean.com. And now, back to the episode. So, uh, I will point out that the uh, spare rooms tend to adjust themselves to their uh, person's sleeping wishes so they can wake up properly. 
So she was just gradually gross. <laughs> she wakes up in a, in a forest. There's a little pond next to her. Her bed is made of old ferns that are still kind of comfortably growing underneath. The morning dew is catching in like one of those, like, uh, what were they, the, uh, almost like a giant upside-down lily pad. And Ishaya wakes up in a very lavish uh, apartment. Ooh. It's like a penthouse. So yes, nice. yes. You walk through your penthouse, you know, looking here and there. Oh, this is rather nice. They're different aether-powered devices. Uh, right, just at home. Let's see. You just open up a coffin in a morgue. Perfect. <laughs> ten out of ten. After everyone, obviously, gets some rest, uh, I'll wake up about the same time to what sounds like the most synchronized knocking on several doors. The door to each of your rooms creaks open, and a mirror kind of pokes its head in. This silent stare at you as it knocks again on the door. Uh, so who's getting up at this point? Nymphia would wake up. The mirror kind of acknowledges that you're there and no longer has a need to, to knock, so it gestures for you to follow as it's uh, taking you up for breakfast. Lua is probably up too. Yushai uh, has been awake the entire time. A door has because appeared. He just can't fall asleep. A door has appeared for you. The room. No matter how hard you try, everything, and with the exception of what you've brought in, seems almost indestructible. You have done everything you can, but nothing is working. Finally, as this door appears, and another mirror, unlike the other three that at this point are just trying to put this room back together as quickly as you've been tearing it apart, uh, opens the door for you, and you see it's almost as if it's been there in the entire time. You've just forgotten where it was. Cecilia? Um, this mirror is getting a little bit closer than, than is necessary right now, but still knocking on the door with its other, I guess, hand. Oh, open the door. Huh? Oh, the door's already open. It's like in the oh, room, it's just knocking, on, on it. knocking on the door, staring at you. <laughs> how, how small are the mirror or bigger? Uh, about, about three feet high, these particular ones. They're, they're pretty short by human standards. Uh, but they're, they're more like the worker bees. Are they heavy? It's made of metal. But you could certainly try. No, I'm not gonna try. Alright, I'll just, like, pat it on the head very firmly with my hand. Cast hex. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> You're hitting snooze. <laughs> yes, I'm hitting the snooze button on him. The mirror kind of almost freezes in place for a moment. Okay. Um, you swear you can hear the sound of, like, clockwork ticking. Okay, I'm just gonna walk past it and just pretend it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so as, uh, as you kind of get upstairs and are gestured again towards the same place where you had dinner last night, there's Nimaka right there chowing down on well, what appears to be everything excluding mangoes. He, he's taking a bite of some toast and some sausage, and they appear to be both pancakes and waffles, and a small variety of different siri syrups and jellies. Ah, good of you to join us. Ah. I mean, you could sleep in, but it's, I told could the mirror, we? I told the mirror to wake you up. They don't really take no for an answer. Yeah, I feel like you knew that that was what was going to happen. Exactly. Ishaya, did you manage to break anything other than your own clothing? No. <laughs> Sadly, no. Well, unfortunately, your clothing was in the room, so yeah. I do yeah. owe you some platinum. <laughs> Forgive me for that. I can look into bending them later. Uh, if 
you'd like, you can find a variety of different things to, to smell, or you can peruse around. But first things first, as everyone's going to get settled, uh, I'd like a decision from all of you for this. Uh, particularly what we should do next. I understand that some of you are still relatively new, so we could potentially take a detour and go on a small well, tour of the multiverse of some of the more relatively safe planes. Hopefully get you a little bit more used to planeswalking. Uh, and so that you can experience some different cultures from the ones you were used to. Yeah, that sounds to lovely to me. Uh, we or could... Void. Uh, we could also focus on trying to find where Dax went. Uh, retrieve the Mirari and hopefully not have to deal too much. Or we can go look for a way to deal with a Fida Hydra that is now taking over one of my rooms. Well, there's one possibility. Did you figure out how to, how to manufacture gunpowder yet? Uh, sort of. Uh, some trial and error. Uh, a couple of... Uh, I've realized it's, it's rather violent, but I think I'm getting down onto a final amount. It's either 30% more saltpeter, or I may or may... I, it depends. I'm, I'm going to be entirely honest. I've blown up too many things today. I, I'd like to not touch it for a while. Well, once you've got it, <clears throat> shape metal, about a half inch thick, soys of, and he holds up a cantaloupe, um, hold up at the top, fill it with, with black powder, light it, throw it, close the door. A type of mana explosive, a hexplosive bomb using gunpowder. Interesting, yes. No, it's, it's just not magic at all. It's... No, it's, it's literally the explosive power of gunpowder. It shatters the metal, and the metal goes flowing everywhere. I, 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 I'm familiar with the concept. We had something similar in Mirrodin, except it was just violent amounts of mana forced into a small ball. And when you pulled the thing, you had a couple of seconds to toss it before it exploded violently. Occasionally with other after effects, like, you know, uh, healing you in some cases. I know it was bizarre, but it's whatever. This is different. <laughs> Yes, yes. I like this. It's different. It's not magical. And I will get to design something else. Yes, yes, yes. And how did delivery system? I suppose I could... It's not really complicated. <laughs> of course. Did, did it have a name? Bomb? Bomb. Oh, simple. Rolls off the tongue. Right. <laughs> Anyhow, any particular votes uh, swing one way? The hydro plant seems like your deal now, so... Of course. Let's do the other thing. There, there are two of them. There's, there's tracking down where Dax went, or small tour. Do we have a way of tracking him? Uh, no, but I do know someone who does. You can't uh, track your Marari? You didn't put anything in that along those lines? Look, I'm going to be brutally honest. I didn't intend for it to be gone this long. I couldn't have it here for a while, because of something that I was working on. I go to get it, uh, and it looks like a very precise and well-thought-out scheme to steal it. But, uh, hopefully if it's not too long, we can try and figure out where he goes. Maybe we can try and figure out where he went during our tour. You know, that's more than enough of a feeling. I suppose we could definitely do so. I mean, if you're tracking down those leads, good enough place to start looking. Fair enough, fair enough. Any opinion from you, Cecilia? Or are you just going to follow us and read from your book the whole time? Eh, most likely the second one, so... Very well. I'm fine going along with whatever for now. Very well. Uh, we should prepare for breakfast, and everyone should get ready. We'll probably be going on a small adventure. Did the mirror finish distributing? Yeah, did they? they? How much, much platinum do we have? There are five 
even piles of platinum and one mirror that appears to have been ripped apart by the other ones for some reason. Although a little concerning, uh, the other mirror seemed to just not acknowledge this at all. In these piles of platinum, uh, as the mirror presents you with small written strips of paper, there are there are 350 pieces of platinum each. All right. Course. <laughs> money, 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 money. If you'd money. like, if you'd like, I can have it arranged to move to whichever room you slept in last night, so that I can stay there. Oh no! Just put it in my my house. It's mine now. <sighs> yes, your your. Uh, probably would have taken some time to look over this place. It was left. To, it was stolen from Dak, right? Uh, it, it was one of the objects that Dak was trying to steal. Okay. Did the previous, or sorry, Lula would have spent some time last night looking through this, like room by room. Yeah. Did the previous owner leave anything behind? Other than, uh, other than uh, a couple of smaller uh, scraps of paper, uh, a book, uh, a couple of stamps that seem to have Orzov symbols on it, and uh, what appeared to be a now decaying tray of mangoes. No, nothing at all. It, for the most part, seems relatively empty, like it was only ever used once. So, uh, again, if there's anything that I can assist you with, uh, let me know, and I'll see what I can do. I do have to return some things to the uh, the vault now, particularly uh, a couple of pieces. Uh, or now the new piece of the, uh, well, the Guild Pact. It's going to be rather interesting to put in there and find a nice spot for it. Uh, Ishaya, you've always been good with arranging things. Would you like to assist me? Why not? All right. I'll leave the rest of you to breakfast, then. You may, uh, uh, what's the word, converse amongst yourselves. So, uh, Ishaya, as you kind of turn back to the armory, uh, or display room, or whatever it particularly is to uh, Nemok, you really can't tell at this point. You realize that just about everything that you had taken before has been replaced with almost an exact copy of the thing looks basically pristine as the first time you walked in there. Please don't take anything else. I can understand your desire to, but if there's something you require, I'll be more than happy to fetch it for you. Yes. Do you have the uh, Gauntlet of Scorching Ray in left hand as well? <laughs> Unfortunately, I've only made it for the right. Can you make as it for the left hand? <laughs> I suppose I could, but it would take... Quite a bit of time to be able to make it for right now. It's not exactly the time that I have. All right, now, if you'd come through here, we're going to go to the uh, the vault. Hopefully I can find a nice spot in here. And as he taps along the, uh, the same wall that he did before, it opens up widely, and you see quite a couple of rather sparse pedestals and other things. Uh, you notice, hanging on the wall, their two swords look a lot like the one uh, that he had acknowledged before as being called the Sword of War and Peace. One of them kind of looks green and black, the other one kind of blue and green. Uh, is a little interested in them, so he's going to creep towards them. Don't touch. But it's shiny. You should not touch them, and if you do try to touch them, you'll find yourself actually on the ceiling without having succeeded. Security measures, I know, but, but I had enough dealing with thieves recently, I'd rather than have this happen again. You mean us? No. Yeah, I mean with someone taking my Mirari. Never too safe and sorry. You're touching them, aren't you? You can just see Urshayam just poking it. 
before you can even finish poking it, you are on the ceiling, pinned as if you're being held up there by gravity. <laughs> <sighs> what did I tell you? you? You didn't actually touch it, did you? I hope not. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, okay. Hopefully it wasn't long enough for any lingering effects to occur. But yeah. Uh, and it kind of... So, what do you... love to have. So, really quick. This, over here near the uh, scrolls, uh, and the scroll rack, or kind of over here towards uh, other other trinkets. I, I know I know it's kind of a little bit more earthy tone, but I think that trinkets do well. But the scrolls bring out the color and the importance. What do you think? You're, you're again looking down on this from above. At this point. <laughs> I am. I'm trying to get the layout to see how I can make it symmetrical because symmetry is always something good for your feng shui. There's there's a little bit extra space on the side with the scrolls, but. There's more than enough room that it can fit in with kind of more towards the trinkets to look nice as well. I think you should have these swords on the far wall, because they're definitely a centerpiece. Of and course. You want at least two of them crossing, maybe the third one going. They shouldn't touch. Are you sure? I'm very positive they should not touch. Fair enough, we can have them line the back wall. I, You know, I, I, I like the idea. Yes, yes, I, I'll have it done at once. And he kind of, as he moves his hands, you see objects in the room start to move almost on their own accord on the pedestals and other displays that they're on, arranging themselves in the way that you described. Ah, perfect. Mm-hmm. All right, now to get you down from there, and with a snap of his fingers, you're no longer on the ceiling, but on the floor outside of where the vault was. Did I fall down? No, you're just oh. there, in the same position that you had been previously on the ceiling. Sorry about that. Again, you should find everything still in order. And the vault kind of closes behind him. Thank you for that. Uh, we should head back. They should be probably finished breakfast by now. Meanwhile, back to the other room. We're so, eating breakfast. <laughs> what are you doing during breakfast? Obviously, someone is browsing a book. Someone's enjoying their leafy greens. Yeah, I, I think Lulu's just eating breakfast. <laughs> just kind of quiet, like kind of probably cleaning his pistol, but silence the entire time. <laughs> silence the entire time. Just that awkward kind of clank. Yep. <laughs> so, we'll have a little bit of time. We'll meet in about an hour. Uh, and I guess I could take everyone on our first planeswalking trip. Lovely. Yay! Uh, Non-Ravnica, of course. We'll, we'll be going somewhere else. Ravnica's always a nice spot to stop, though. A couple of other things. Oh, that reminds me. He kind of motions in and pulls out uh, the letter or the, the letter before that had markings from your world. It's very strange. It's no language I've seen before, but no matter what, it seems almost anyone can read it. I'm not entirely sure, and I'm not too familiar with your world, as bizarre as it sounds, but there appears to be permission from the gods for a group on a ship called the Voyager, and whatever the Voyager is, it's effectively diplomatic immunity for it and its entire crew among four listed nations here. I'm not familiar with the terms that. Did that make sense to you? Uh, he looks at the... He'll take the sheet, look over it. The first History check to see if he's heard of the Voyager? Of course. Ah, uh, yes, it was a less well-received Star Trek series. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's f- That's right. No! Oh. 17 on History. You've never heard of the Voyager before, but you do because you grew up uh, 
with enough of an education to know that these names of the four countries uh, were the four great powers before the breaking. Uh, that's interesting. What? Nobody's used these names in a Roizen at least four millennia. M- millennia? Yeah. This is uh, this predates my history. <laughs> I don't really know the basics. I don't really know the names. So I don't know what's anything more about them than that. We should clarify on a couple of things, then. Uh, what does it mean by anywhere they would travel to and from, uh, including leaving the at, at, at atmosphere? Another history check? I uh, Definitely <laughs> another history check. This one's kind of high, though. Because, I mean, I, we're, we're talking Star Wars level of technology, and he's never encountered that. Nope. Uh, so, history is plus. I... This is this is twenty real. total. You've heard and largely in uh, fairy tales and old stories and especially things that uh, sailors you pick up temporarily, I would say about great ships made entirely of metal that would leave your world in search of other worlds up on the night sky. Uh, there were stories, legends, kind of passed around about that. Time. Back then, people weren't restricted to their one world. They could travel the stars. Like the star, the, the night sky. Are you sure that doesn't refer to, to, to us, like planeswalkers? Like we can. If I know, but I don't think. It, it didn't sound like they were. It oh. wasn't like they just zipped away. It, they went up and just. I mean, if you're saying. Permission to leave the atmosphere, or to enter the atmosphere, then that just means they keep going up and up and up and up. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, it's it's ancient and archaic, and if it was brought to Ravnica by somewhere else, especially four millennia ago, as you say, it would be at least, at least. How could it have gotten there? That's the good question. If you'd like, you can hold on to it. It is something from your world, and I'd like to respect that. I think I will. Or at least... I, <laughs> I don't even know who I could ask about this. That's the problem. I could take it back. I, I mean, I managed to leave once. I could probably get back, but... There's no one to ask about this. The, uh, this is... It, not, not, look, there's nothing living from that time, right? The, the only things I've heard about this time are... Half-remembered bard songs. People singing about it and saying, like, oh, these magic things that people were able to do by intersecting magic and technology. It, it was... We've spent our entire history trying to rebuild to that point, and we're not even close. But, but, no dragons survive? They can live a long time. They yeah, can live a long time, but... I don't know any dragons I could ask. <laughs> <laughs> a valid point. Right. Uh, anyhow, uh, again, we'll be leaving in an hour. We can meet in the. Uh, what was I told to call it again? Uh, the re- receiving room, the the one with the pillows, the one with all of the pillows. Uh, I should get rid of some. I'll see you then. No, we need more. <laughs> more enough. pillows. 
All right. If you want to go tell Amir to make more pillows, I think they will happily make more themed throw pillows of any kind you want. Do you want to have Amir go make throw pillows? Yes, thousands of them. Thousands of throw pillows. Well, let's cut it to hundreds, okay? Deal. All right. So, anybody doing anything in the time between them? I'm going to be I, I will... uh, playing with Indu. Playing Inda? with Indu? Inda. Inda. Sorry. But I'm going to be playing with Inda. <laughs> Inda is having a blast here. Like, like you, you didn't expect him to, but he's been sneaking down and like stealing bites of your meal. Nope. Running back into your little hood, hiding. He, he's been tired, and so he's been sleeping a lot. But he... This is a new place that he's never gotten to explore. It has been having a blast. Its favorite place to sleep that's not in your hood is directly on top of the gargoyle's head. Which is slowly pick, becoming along. It's about, you know, uh, a solid two-thirds of gargoyle at this point. Alright, so uh, as you all kind of, uh, after preparing, uh, meet up uh, Nemox, uh, sitting there uh, on one of the couches, having pushed all of the throw pillows off of it. Uh, ah, good, good. I was beginning to actually where I would be leaving on time. Uh, anyhow, uh, so the first plane we'll be going to, uh, if you follow me properly, will be called Theros. Uh, if any of you are familiar with uh, people wearing less clothing and ancient history, it kind of looks a little bit like that, I'm going to be entirely honest. Uh, anyhow, uh, if you would, I'd just take a moment to try and calm yourself. Uh, and uh, you should follow behind me. As he kind of uh, starts to, to, to breathe deep, not for himself, but to try and show all of you, like, this is how we can begin. Uh, and he starts to break away, and you can almost feel uh, kind of a connection or a trail almost to follow as you all start to planeswalk as well. As you kind of fill yourself uh, full again, almost materializing after this journey, or this quick journey, you feel this light wind kind of blowing through. There's the warm feeling of sunlight. And as you open your eyes, you're all standing in a large, almost golden field looking out. Uh, Nemox uh, a little bit up ahead, and uh, in the distance you can see some kind of really large statue, uh, and although it's day, you can make out what almost looks like stars up above, uh, with uh, this kind of booming voice reaching out to all of you, you hear Nemox yell, Welcome to Theros, the first stop on our tour! Thank you. All of you who took the time to listen for joining us at Plane Shift. Our intro and outro was Perpetuum Mobile by the Penguin Cafe Orchestra. Thank you to CD Projekt Red and to Nintendo for their generous licenses in the use of their material for small, not-for-profit works. Thank you to Wizards of the Coast for all their hard work in producing Dungeons and & Dragons and Magic the Gathering. And thank you again to all of you out there listening. Until our paths cross again. <laughs> to Mark. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs>
That's an important consideration. <laughs> I will not be calling this phytohydra that is a spawn of the hate seed Mark Zuckerberg. Mark is fine. Call him Mark. Dinkleberg. Mark Dinkleberg. <laughs> Dinkleberg! <laughs> Mark Dinkleberg. Fine. I love it. Does a plant like being eaten? Don't. Would you like being eaten? Would you want to know that question? Or if I, I don't think I'd want to know the answer to that. I'd never be able to look at lettuce the same way. <laughs> Nymphia, it goes completely and utterly satirical. Don't actually answer that. Oh, I had an answer ready. <laughs> I knew you did. I knew you did. Oh, dear God. Best dick ever! <laughs> deck. Deck, right? Dick. No. Deck. Deck. It's a deck of dicks. Deck full of dicks. She falls in love with a fish man. And like, I want to see that. Shape of the, water. Like, they were all disappointed bad. reviews. Like, you don't even see his dick. <laughs> you don't even see his fish dick. <laughs> you don't see his fish dick. Oh, well, that's for us to share. Don't mug him. Tastes like peanut butter if you tell her having sex in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We're still recording. Oh sweet. <laughs> that is that blooper reel material. Or they just put them at, at the end with no context, right? <laughs> context not needed. <laughs>